Welcome, welcome, welcome to Real Job Talk, the podcast with practical advice for the mid-career professionals. Hi, Liz. Hey, Kat. A big Real Job Talk welcome to today's guest, Kanika Tolver. Kanika is the CEO and founder of Career Rehab, LLC, where she coaches people around career change and building personal brands to evolve into the career that they want. Kanika works in technology as a program manager and is known as a speaker and career influencer. Welcome, Kanika. Please tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. My name is Kanika Tover. I live in the Washington, D.C. area. I spent over 15 years in the technology industry. So I primarily have worked in the federal government tech space. So I've worked at various different agencies. I've also left my federal government job for private sector. And I also am the founder and career coach at Career Rehab, um, where I coach professionals into building their personal brands. And I'm the author of the amazing book, Career Rehab, Rebuild Your Personal Brand and Rethink the Way That You Work. Awesome. Thank you. Yes, we both really enjoyed the book and we're really interested in your career journey because working in private sector and public sector, like, and then feeling the pull to write a book and to help others with their career journeys. I want to know a little bit about how you evaluated and determined your own journey over the different points in time. And what were your change points? Like what were those moments of forks in the road where you had to go one way or the other? So in 2014, I was in a job where I had four different managers within a five-year period. I was very unhappy in my career. I was a project manager at a federal government agency, and I just felt like I needed to reinvent myself. So I really, that's when career rehab was birthed. It started with me. I said, I'm going to check myself into career rehab. So I decided to, (laughs) I decided to revamp my resume. I decided to work on my skill sets for about six months. And I said, you know, I'm going to just get out there and see what the the private sector job market is like. I, I was going to see what the private sector job market was like. I said, you know, I've been in the federal government space for a while. Um, I'm always the youngest person on the team. I have a lot of innovative ideas that weren't getting accepted. I had a lot of toxic management. So I said, you know, I'm going to just step out there on faith and I'm going to leave my good government job and I'm going to go to private sector. So this is like maybe around when I was like maybe... 30 or early 30s when I decided to step out on faith and reinvent myself for other technology positions outside of the government. Awesome. And then to talk a little bit more about how you reinvented, because we've talked to, we had an amazing coach that coaches people on how to get federal jobs. And it's it's like two different worlds. And like your resume for a federal job is 100% different than your resume for a private sector job. So Talk us a little more through that process of reinvention and what you did in order to prepare yourself and market yourself to the private sector. So, you know, you're absolutely right. Federal government resumes and federal government um, careers are slightly different than, uh, they're very different than being in private Mm -hmm. sector. So the first thing that I did was I decided to figure out 
you know, how was I going to translate the things that I did in, fe- in the federal government space in private mm-hmm. sector language? Yeah. So I started to revamp my resume and my LinkedIn profile. I was never on LinkedIn before because a lot of federal government employees don't maximize LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what I did was I, as a project manager in tech, I said, you know, there's project management and there's consultants that could utilize my skill sets, but I just have to translate it in the way that they actually would read it when they received the resume through a job posting that I would Mm. apply to. So first I did that. The second thing I did was I started to work on the skill sets that I wasn't very knowledgeable about. Mm. So there were things that I knew that private sector expected, like I needed to learn new technologies I needed to learn Agile and Scrum framework and the Agile methodology. I needed to learn different web-based tools to step out there and to really be competitive. Mm -hmm. So I took a few months to use lynda.com, which is now LinkedIn Learning, to Mm -hmm. take courses. And I read a lot of books over that three to six month period. I read a lot of personal branding books um, Mm. because I knew that personal branding was something that I was not as knowledgeable about because a lot of times in the government space, people don't talk about personal branding. So those were a few things that I did. That's so cool. So you took that time to really transform what was already good experience. It just didn't read like good experience to the private sector. And you reworked it into the new format and put yourself on these other platforms where you would be found. Yes. And then made sure that any skill gaps that you had were filled. So if you didn't have a certain technology, you got it so that you could list it and talk to it in an interview. That's brilliant. Yes. And surprisingly, I didn't apply to jobs. I reposted my resume and jobs came to me. So what happened was big four consulting companies like Deloitte yep. and PwC and Booz Allen Hamilton and mm-hmm. um, so many other amazing companies in the DC area. They came after me once they saw my resume because they still also serve, you know, as consultants to the private, to public sector. Sure. So I didn't know these companies. I had no idea right. who they were. So I ended up taking my first job in private sector with Deloitte. Mm-hmm. which is a huge company. I didn't know who they were. And it was a phenomenal experience. I didn't stay there super long, but I was able to leverage the things that I learned there as a senior consultant to get other private sector opportunities. Mm-hmm. You dated them. <laughs> yes. I started to date jobs and I dated Deloitte for less than a little less than a year. And then I started to date other jobs so it was a very good experience. I got, you know, the job is friends with benefits for those who are listening. <laughs> Dating jobs is all about what's in it, in it for you. I found out what was in it for me and I got got what I wanted and I, and I dipped out. Great. Mm-hmm. Did you meet any mentors along the way at, at Deloitte? Um, one thing that I learned at Deloitte, I wouldn't say that I had mentors, but one thing that I really learned that I didn't learn in federal government spaces, I learned to create a professional network there. Mm-hmm. When I, my first day in orientation, they said, your professional network is your, is your responsibility. And I thought that was kind of harsh. I'm like, wow, you're coming into this huge company. Yeah. Um, you don't know anyone. There's, there's thousands of consultants. There's mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of employees across 
the globe and someone says the first day in orientation, your professional network is your responsibility. Your work-life balance is your responsibility. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I started to utilize the internal network on the intranet and I started to reach out to a lot of people that look like me. I'm a black Mm -hmm. woman. So I started to reach out to a lot of other black professionals and other minority professionals using on LinkedIn, but also through Deloitte's internal employee network through the intranet. Mm -hmm. And that actually helped me to understand the landscape of what I was walking into because I was so fresh to private sector. Mm -hmm. That's super smart, Kanika. Super smart. smart. And I'm still connected with them to this day. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some of us have developed friendships and some of us have, you know, parted ways from the company. But what I did was I also looked at people that didn't look like me. I I looked for white Mm -hmm. people, Asian people, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. women, um, men. And what I did was I wanted to get a understanding from every perspective, not just black people, but I wanted mm-hmm. to understand from everyone's perspective of what did they like about the company and what would be the best advice they could give me to be successful. Super oh, yeah. smart question. Super smart question for, for folks mm-hmm. who are new to a job. Probably one of the best questions you can ask. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I really like that you did connect with your ERGs across. I'm sure you connected with other technical consultants. You connected with other women, all, other black people. Like you went and looked for your people across, like matrixed. Yeah, people. I didn't look just for black people. Right. So um, I think it's important to get a, a good sample of people's recommendations for or sure. feedback mm-hmm. um, because you know, black people will have their perspective, but then other people will have their perspective and, but they're all valuable perspectives. Right. Mm -hmm. You get a more holistic perspective, the more people you talk to. Yep. So that's where I learned how to network like a hustler. You really did. That's awesome. Awesome. So Kanika, throughout your book, you're always talking about one of our favorite pieces of advice, being (laughs) the CEO, as you say it, the architect of your career. How do you evaluate current and future opportunities and help others be the architect of their careers? I mean, I think the first thing is that we have to take a step back and we have to design the career that we want for the life that we want. So the first thing that I like to do is I like to journal and I like to encourage mm-hmm. other people to, to journal. Um, I enjoy sketchbooks, like no lines, you know, getting a sketchbook um, that an artist would use or someone that draws would use, um, that does drawings would use, because I really like to brainstorm out where I'm at and where I want to go, whether that's writing that out, whether that's sketching that out Mm -hmm. in a picture. So I think it's important to like, before you just jump out there and you start, it's like the same way an architect has a blueprint. They have a blueprint for a house. Mm -hmm. They design the dimensions for their house, the rooms that they want to be seen in, the location of where their house is going to be built. So I feel like the same way when we are designing our careers, we have to develop that blueprint, that career blueprint. I talk about in a book more so career floor plan. Um, So I really feel like I I, I do that. And then from there, I encourage my clients and even myself to figure out once you know how you want things to be designed, how do we now get there? Mm -hmm. How do we build? How do we build that house for your career? What skills do you need? What trainings and certifications do you need? Mm -hmm. And what companies align with the things that you want to do? And that has helped me tremendously because a lot of times we jump and we just start updating our LinkedIn profile and our resume, but we haven't really strategically brainstormed to figure out what does my life 
look like for Kanika and mm-hmm. what does that look like for my, cause everyone has different career and personal goals. So I, mm-hmm. I do a personal goals list and mm-hmm. I do a career goals list yep. and I build that together. It's perfect. Right. Cause you're a whole person. You're not just a career person and you're not, you know, you're not just a personal person. So keeping totally. both of those in mind as you create your overall goals is important. Mm-hmm. I love what you've said here, Kanika, because that front end work is so crucial to helping mm-hmm. people get clarity and to be able to, to go from, you know, the beginning stages of, I think I'm ready to make a change mm-hmm. to actually making the change that front end work, Liz and I talk about it often, you know, creating, creating your ideal job list. And then, Mm -hmm. and then from that list, dropping down into the must-haves, right. Being Mm -hmm. super clear about what you have to have to make a move. Yes. I really believe and live upon the list of the Mm must-haves and nice to haves, because it's the same way when we're dating human beings, we have Mm -hmm. expectations of them and we have a list. We have a list of things that we want from a husband or from a Mm -hmm. spouse or from Mm -hmm. a wife or Mm -hmm. from a significant other that we're dating. So when I date jobs, I am looking at my list and I'm looking about what are the must have things Mm -hmm. that I want? Do I want to work remote? Do I want to do I want to have a certain amount of PTO time? Do Mm -hmm. I want to be able to take off when I have a baby? Mm -hmm. Do I want to be able to. you know, have the flexibility of taking training. So those are things, and some things, some of those things on the list is not on other people's list, but it's my mm-hmm. must have. And then I have some nice to haves as well. Well, and your must have list is going to change at different life points. Certain Absolutely. things are happening in your life, personal things, professional things. You're taking a class, you're doing this or that, you know, you're getting married, whatever it is. And so the only one who can set that must-have list is you because you're the only one who knows what is holistically on your plate. Yes. And, and I, I, I and I believe that. I just think it's in, in the beginning of your career, you don't really think about that must-have list. You think no. about, I just want a job offer. Yes. Well, and part of that job offer also is how much money am I making? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, can I pay my rent? Sure. It's important. Mm-hmm. It's super important, but it's not, I mean, it's super important, but if all the other things don't line up, it's not going to make you happy. Yeah. And it becomes less important as you evolve as a human being. And as you um, get to a certain place where you've made a lot of money Mm -hmm. and you can be more picky and more marketable. I think in the very beginning, you are, my, my, I was very focused on money in the beginning Mm -hmm. of my career because of where I come from and because of my perspective and because you're just told that that's what you should focus on. But as I got into bad career relationships, money became less of a a priority. Well, as you get farther along, you can also make different choices because, you know, hopefully you've saved a little, like it's different at the very beginning. You're like, oh, all I have is school debt. And later on you, you get, you have more, in your arsenal because you've done more, but you also just can make more choices because you have more things that you are able to do. Um, so Kanika, who's the target audience for career rehab? And like, how does someone know they need career ha- rehab? Cause we loved your book. We think it's great. We've recommended it. But like, if I'm sitting here listening, I'm like, do I need career rehab? So tell us a little bit about the cool geeks and the corporate rebels and the career dropouts. And like, who was your book written for? 
it, it's written for all three. So I created mm-hmm. these three personas in the book, um, which are my alter egos. So the cool geek is definitely for this book will save you time on figuring all the things that I had to figure out on my own later in my career. The cool geeks is specifically for people that maybe had less than five years of experience, professional experience. This could be someone that is college graduate. This could be someone that is graduating from a vocational school or training school or trade school. Um, Someone that is getting fresh into a new industry. Um, Because cool geeks are people that they are usually younger. They have a lot of ambition. They have a lot of energy, but they don't know what they don't know yet. I was a cool geek. I really was smart, (laughs) really intelligent, really a go-getter. But there were things in life that I just couldn't figure out until I went through certain situations. And then next we have a corporate rebels. This is my people that are mid-level professionals. Mm -hmm. This is for people that are are mid-level or could be senior level professionals where they maybe have more than five years of experience, professional experience, and they're going against the grain and they are ready to take back career control. They've been through some situations at work. They've been through some situations where they figured out what they like and what they don't like. And they're a rebel, they're going against the grain and they're taking back career ownership. And they're, they may be somebody who is interested in, you know, getting promoted or maybe, mm-hmm. you know, changing careers, but they're, they're a rebel for their own cause. Mm-hmm. And then the next audience of people is the career dropouts. These are people that are retirees, potentially, they may be, some people are, you know, having second careers after they retire. This could be someone that's dropping out of their career to go into a whole brand new industry, or they could be dropping out of their career to start a business. So your career dropout could look different for a lot of different reasons and a lot of different people. I do have a chapter in the book where I talk about how to divorce the job for the dream. And a lot of career dropouts are divorcing their job for their dream job or for their dream business. So that's where the career dropouts will come in. So there's a real emotional component to that then. For sure. Super emotional. Yeah. yeah. Well, Kanika, we love how you refer to people as products, Mm -hmm. something that needs to be designed, built, and marketed authentically. Talk to us a little bit about building your personal brand. How do you start? How do you know if something is aligned with your brand? And how much branding do you need? That's a really good question because personal branding used to be frowned upon, but I think now with the millennials who are ruling the career world, they are Mm -hmm. like the, we are, and any generation probably come behind me, we are the masters of personal branding. Gen Xers were scared, scared to personal brand. Baby boomers didn't have a clue what personal branding was <laughs> uh, because they just was working a job to make ends meet and they were focused on staying at a company for a long period of time. But I think Gen Ys and any generation younger than myself will always believe in personal branding. So yes. the first thing is to really to to basically build your personal brand. Um, a lot of people want to go out and just start marketing themselves, but they haven't built the credibility. So building your personal brand is really about focusing on what am I going to be known as and how do I build a build upon those skill sets and become a subject matter expert. I need to build my skills. I need to build my formal training and education. I need to also basically build a presence online to showcase that. 
but I can't put myself online until I have something that is remarkable enough to talk about. Right. <laughs> so it's one of those things where people want to just go out and start marketing themselves and they have no clue that they need to build the foundation. Yep. Um, and that front end work. Yes, that, that front end work. Oh and God, yes. a lot of people feel like, you know, I have a college degree and that's enough. Um, I, I feel like that that's just the foundation of, 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 the, of the house, you know, yeah. but I think there's so many other things that you need to do. Once you build that foundation, and you have legs to stand on, then it's time to focus on marketing yourself, like more so branding yourself, I should say, because you're going to build, you're going to brand, and then you're going to market. So I would say build that foundation, and then we're going to brand it. We're going to make it nice and pretty. We're going to make it really, really inviting. So that means having a LinkedIn profile, having Mm -hmm. a, a nice resume, having an online portfolio, being able to showcase things that other people hasn't been able to showcase mm-hmm. because you want to like build the infrastructure of your skill sets. A lot of people yeah. have a resume, a lot of people have a LinkedIn profile, but maybe somebody hasn't branded a personal website or branded an online portfolio. So branding that is like the packaging piece, right? Yeah. Packaging it, it all together. And then we want to market that. Now, now that I've packaged everything and I have things to show employers that I've that I have completed, I've worked on and I've mm-hmm. done from a branding perspective. Now it's time to market that, meaning yes. being very engaging on social media, pushing your content out there to LinkedIn, to other social media platforms. If you want to have a YouTube channel, if you want to have mm-hmm. a blog, if you want to have Twitter, Facebook, whatever you desire to use, figuring out where your audience is and pushing that content consistently out there. And then once you're able to do that, you're going to sell yourself. You're going to sell yourself into job interviews because people are going to notice you. So you're going to have recruiters and hiring managers in your your DMs. And now it's time to sell the deal and sell yourself into the Mm -hmm. job that you desire. Now, what about the shy person? Like, who's like, I don't want to create content. Like, what do you say to them? So I have have a piece in the book where I talk about how to network and how to like brand yourself as an introvert. Mm -hmm. I know. I love that. (laughs) I always say that because my husband's introverted and I'm extroverted, but he has a successful tech career as well. And, you know, he's not as talkative as I am and things like that. So I would say it's about more focused on quality over quantity. Like you can have quality relationships with people. You don't have to network with everybody. Everybody doesn't have to know who you are, but you can build quality relationships with your people that you work with and people Mm -hmm. online. I always say, you know, I always said this on another call that if you are shy and you are scared to go to professional networking events, take the extroverted coworker with you or the extroverted Ah! friend with you because they're going to help you and they're going to push you into those uncomfortable situations to help Mm -hmm. you thrive. I think knowing yourself and knowing what roles you thrive in is also important because everybody doesn't want to be on front street, but it doesn't mean that you can't be a successful employee because you're introverted. There are roles and there are responsibilities and there are careers for introverted professionals. It's just finding your, you know, where you're going to thrive at. And Mm -hmm. I think, 
if you're introverted, as far as the marketing yourself online, I would push yourself to like still market when you achieve things. It doesn't have to be all the time like me because I'm a bragger. I brag on myself a lot. <laughs> but do it, do it sometimes because people want to see that you're showing up. So, yep. yeah. Or you share. Like, you can share mm-hmm. your company news or share. Like, it. And for some of us, I, I, I'll speak for myself, like, and as someone who's had some press recently, like, it feels weird, but you just have to push yourself out of that comfort zone because you want your network to know what you're up to and to have yeah. them think of you. The reason I'm in my job today is because someone thought of me. Yeah. And why? Because I'm pushing content. Yeah. And even if you're engaging in other people's content, so even if you yeah. don't want to brag on yourself, I would say like other people's content, develop and foster healthy relationships online with people that are in alignment with your career. Um, So you can comment on other people's content. You Mm -hmm. can share other people's content. That's still sharing things that's somewhat in your industry that shows that you are a collaborator, you're a team player, and you're a supporter of others. Mm -hmm. So in your coaching, you know, I'm sure people come to you like, I'm miserable, but I don't know what I want. Like, and we talked a little bit about like how you, you sketch it out, like use it visually, but like, how do you tease people? Like, how do you help the person to tease things out and, and find some clarity? Mm, that's a really good question. I think a lot of times when people come to me and I'm just going to just give examples of, yeah. of people DM me a lot or email me through my website website excuse me they email me and they direct message me on social media platforms like twitter and like linkedin and also they email me through kanikatover.com a lot of times and they're frustrated they're unhappy i talk a lot about getting out of the mindset of being career sad oh yeah and that stands for stress anxiety and depression so sometimes we can't find clarity you know, we, we, we have a lot of career coaches that are doing amazing jobs at helping people land jobs mm-hmm. and helping people get noticed, but we're not dealing with the mental health aspect of it. And I think clarity can't come through until you deal with the stress, anxiety, and depression that, that could be in your personal life. And it could be from the employer that you're currently working with mm-hmm. that could be putting you through that. So a lot of times if you're upset about being in a bad job or scared to make a career change, or you're fearful of leaving your job that you've been at for a long time, it's very hard to find career clarity through the career confusion, through the career worry, through the career um, depression, because a lot of times people are, feeling really bad and they don't have any idea that they're amazing because of what a toxic job has done to them or maybe they're grieving personally through something that happened in their personal life and as we've been in this pandemic Mm -hmm. people can't sometimes find find clarity because their mind is cluttered with emotions Mm -hmm. so the first Mm -hmm. thing I like to do is I like to focus in on talking about their personal goals because when people get excited about their personal goals, meaning buying a new house, saving more money, losing weight, seeking ways to provide better for their family, then we can align the career goals to that level of personal clarity. So smart. So smart. Yep. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, we really enjoyed that part of your book where Mm -hmm. you discuss depression and anxiety and how that relates to jobs and careers, must part of that section. Mm -hmm. So we highly recommend that people, you know, get the book and read that part because developing that clarity really helps to bolster the courage, right? That yes. It takes courage to, to put yourself out there and, and try to mm-hmm. make a career change. It well, takes a lot of, it takes a lot of courage. Mm-hmm. It yes. really does. But it's also like there, we've all seen it, right? In clients and, and such that people jump from one job to another looking for happiness and they, or they go from one, the same job to a, you know, job in a different colored building, but it's the same job and they're still unhappy and they don't understand why. And mm. it's because they haven't done the work themselves to make that, bring it back to the must have list, but like to make the must have list and to figure out what's really beneath the surface. Because until you deal with whatever you're grappling with, it doesn't go away. It follows you. Mm-hmm. You're right. That's a very valid point right there. And I talk in the book about how it's the same way when we go from dating jobs, from job to job, and or when we date a human being. A lot of times we take that career baggage from relationship to relationship mm-hmm. to relationship. So we're taking the 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 things that happen in the old job to the new job, and, yep. and we can, it continues to be just an ongoing um, cycle. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to know that until you start doing the inside work, mm-hmm. it goes back to yep. mental illness. It goes back to work life balance. It goes back to self love, self esteem. It goes back to like it's 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 career rehab is reinventing the internal it's more of a mindset shift it's a more transformational mindset shift book than anything because we have to shift our mindsets to understand that until we start clapping for ourselves we're not going to find that internal happiness we keep wanting the employer to pat us on the back and to make us feel warm and fuzzy inside but it's our responsibility to do that for ourselves even before we get to that job amen (laughs) Amen. Totally. Well, and like if I'm in a sales job and I'm doing my sales thing and then I go somewhere else to do the sales job and I'm doing my sales thing and I keep being miserable, maybe it's because I don't like sales, but it's so ingrained in me that I'm a salesperson Mm -hmm. that I'm not seeing that I'm just making the same choices, just like with dating, just like with other things. And so I have to take a step back and say, okay, what do I like about my job? What do I not like about my job? What are some other jobs that I find interesting? How do I take this sales thing I've done and pivot it to something that may be more aligned? Maybe I want to do like customer training or something like that that's a related but different and so you have to really break apart what you are going towards and what you're going away from in order to rehab your career in a way that's going to serve you and you'll find that like the branding and all that stuff comes more naturally when you're doing something you're excited about oh yeah definitely I always tell people like once we get from the mental illness piece of clarity the next step is to identify what are you passionate about what do you enjoy doing what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What do you really enjoy? What would make you happy waking up every day and mm-hmm. thriving every day inside? And once you start to identify that those things, you identify roles that mm-hmm. align with those gifts and talents and strengths. And then the things that you don't know, 
you start working on learning those new skill sets so you can build upon that passion. There are things that I don't know as an entrepreneur and as a speaker and as an author that I had to learn to, to, to develop those skill sets if I wanted to write a book or if I wanted to do speaking engagements. Even though I enjoyed doing it, there were things that I still needed to learn to help me build this personal brand that you see today. Mm-hmm. And there's always things we have to learn, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like learning stops. Mm-hmm. No. So is, are there any tools that you do for like career assessments or, you know, like personal assessments, like any certain things that you really think work well in order to do some of that self-reflection? I don't use any tools because I've created my own. <laughs> um, so so your so tool would, is the one that works. <laughs> yeah, so my tool definitely works. I also, I tell people to focus on the career rehab diagnosis, mm-hmm. um, the rehab you evaluation, which is yeah. in the book. I also tell people to focus in on rehabbing their career to a point where they start maximizing and developing their own blueprint. So the rehab you career blueprint is all about identifying your career path, your career mm-hmm. location, your salary, the, the dimensions, the spaces and rooms, the appliances, and your career builders. So I think cool. I would say that if I have to say <laughs> any tool that I personally use, I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not a person that say that, oh, I tell my clients to go use my Myers-Briggs and all these other traditional tools. Yeah. I tell people the tool is the career rehab book. Mm. All right. I like it. Cool. Well, where can people find you for more advice? You you do a lot on Twitter and all of those things, but you're I wanted people to be able to follow you and to get more of these great nuggets. Awesome. So you guys can definitely find me on all social media platforms at Kanika Tover. I am on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and you can also reach out to me through kanikatover.com, which is my personal website. Yes, and if you're interested in, <laughs> you see the consistency in branding. So it, all we've beautiful. Heard that. Beautiful. We've, we've heard that from so many guests and it's, it is, inc- it is incredibly good advice. Like you can find you at your name everywhere. Yes. Hard you can stuff. follow the, yes, you can follow our company website. We'll be launching next year. You can follow us on Instagram at Career Rehab. If you want to get more information about the Career Rehab coaching programs and services, and you can also purchase Career Rehab at all major book retailers, Amazon, Books A Million, Target, Barnes and Nobles, anywhere books are sold, you can purchase Career Rehab online today. You will not be disappointed. This book will change your life. Yep. Liz and I both read this book and we, we recommend it. It's a good book. We do. Thank you Thank so you. much for writing it and for joining us and for your candor. We truly appreciate it. And you and what you're doing for people and helping them find happiness in their careers. I think it's fabulous. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, Kanika. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys having me on your show. Absolutely. Until next time. This is Real Job Talk, the podcast with practical advice for mid-career professionals. Our website with all Real Job Talk related information is realjobtalk.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please send us your questions, topics you'd like to talk about, and Real Job Talk stories. 
and you may find them featured on a future episode. Use the website or email us at realjobtalk at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Real Job Talk. And on Facebook and Instagram at Real Job Talk Show. My name is Kathleen Nelson Troyer. You can find me on Twitter at Daily Cat. And on LinkedIn, I'm Kathleen Nelson Troyer. And I'm Liz Bronson. On Twitter, I'm Liz B. Consult. And on LinkedIn, I'm Liz Bronson. Real Job Talk is produced by John Mark Troyer. Our graphic artists are Lexi and Zachary Bronson. And thanks for joining us. Until next time.